0: One of the key questions about a friendship that is raised in Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics Book 8, and also by implication in other parts of his works, is whether a bad person can actually be a friend or not. And alongside this, we can also ask whether bad people can be friends with each other Or whether they can only be friends with with good people or perhaps only only good people or at least neutral people can be friends with each other. And Aristotle's answer is one of his typical yes and no kind of answers depending on what sense we're understanding friendship in. This is one reason why his distinction between the three main types of equal friendship is so particularly important. Remember that the friendships in terms of virtue are based on virtue, based on the good, where we actually feel affection towards the other person and they towards us on the basis of our personalities, our characters, something actually attractive within them rather than, you know, something that's merely apparently attractive for a while or the lack of even that. That is the highest form of friendship, and that is actually not available for the bad, for reasons that we'll talk about. Friendships of pleasure and friendships based on usefulness. Aristotle says that bad people can be members in those sorts of friendships or relationships, but there's going to be certain constraints even on those, as we'll see. Unequal friendships, I think there's some room in there, although Aristotle doesn't discuss this explicitly, but well, there is some room in there for bad people to be one of the partners in an unequal friendship. Obviously, they're probably going to be the person who is sort of on the bottom in the unequal friendship. And then family relations, you know, relations to relatives, even the sort of family connections that the Greeks called Xenia, all of that. It's possible for bad people, but it's not possible in the fullest or best extent. So let's let's start by looking at each of these in turn, and then we'll come to some main other issues that Aristotle is going to raise. So friendships of virtue, is it possible to have a friendship of virtue if you don't have any virtue? It's kind of a a no-brainer there, no, it's not possible by definition. For a bad person, and the word that Aristotle tends to use in this discussion is moktheros, which can mean a weak person. It can also mean a vicious person, because moktheria is a term that he uses as a synonym for vice, for kakia, and it's also a synonym for other kinds of weaknesses, asthenia, right? So friendships of virtue is just not going to be a feasible thing. Now, that's not to say a bad person couldn't desire a friendship of virtue or try to pretend that they have something like that, but it's not really going to be such. And the more that you get to know the bad person, the less you're actually going to like spending time with them and and actually getting to know who they are. You don't really want to know who they are. You might actually be happier with the initial illusion. This happens quite often in romantic or erotic relationships where somebody gets involved with somebody else who's very manipulative, who is lying to the other person, lying perhaps to themselves about the kind of person that they actually are, and who then treats them badly as a result or treats other people badly, and then has to cover that up some more. Eventually, it's going to fall apart. The long and short of it, there never really was a friendship in terms of virtue or friendship in terms of the good in such a case. What about friendships of pleasure? Sure, it's entirely possible to be a bad person and also to be able to give pleasure to other people in some ways. So you could have somebody who you enjoy dining with, you enjoy you know the pleasures of the table, as we say, of, of drinking and eating, but they're not a good person. As a matter of fact, perhaps they're even a bad person. It may detract from your pleasure to a certain degree, especially if you are well put together. Seeing somebody stiff somebody else on the tip would be a, a prime example out of, out of greediness you know, or stinginess. But it is possible to have friendships of pleasure with bad people, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in, in a moment. Friendships of usefulness. Is it possible to have... These more widespread, more common, less affective, less close relationships where we're not in it because we really like the person for who they are, Or because we find that person's company pleasant or we enjoy pleasant things in their company, but rather we get something out of it. They are good for our social status. They connect us with other people. They are business partners. They're friends of the family who we just happen to be connected with. You know, we could go on and on and on with these sorts of things. It's certainly possible for a bad person to have friendships of usefulness. As a matter of fact, Aristotle seems to hint at one point that if all you have are friendships of usefulness, you're probably a bad person. You're probably badly off with respect to that. Because, other, you know, people don't find you pleasant and nobody likes you for who you are. So if this is all that you've got going for you, then there's probably a moral problem Unequal friendships, like I said, Aristotle does not talk about somebody who's actively bad in terms of unequal friendships. He talks more in terms of people who are bringing something to the table and can, say, recognize the virtue of the really good person but haven't made it that far themselves. It's unlikely that the actively bad person is going to have an unequal friendship with the virtuous unless the virtuous, him or herself, decides to take the bad person under their wing, try to fix things for them, and then one of two things is likely to happen. Either the bad person is going to stay bad, and eventually the virtuous person is probably going to have to cut them loose, you know, at least from an Aristotelian point of view, or the bad person will eventually become attracted towards what it is that the virtuous person has to offer and and want to change their own life, and then it's no longer a relationship with a bad person. Now, is it? Family, relatives, you know, as the old saying goes, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. We're born into these sorts of relations. A bad person can certainly live within these. Aristotle actually has an example in another book about a man who beats his father and drags his father out of the house up to a certain point, and I don't remember exactly where it is, in the yard. And when the man is criticized for that, he says, look, I'm not going too far because my father dragged his father exactly this far, so that's okay for me. That's an example of a dysfunctional family right there, right? And Aristotle would say you can have all sorts of dysfunctional families. Dysfunctional families, from a moral point of view, are dysfunctional not just because of some dynamic that they have no control over. It's also because of the bad character of the people within the relationship, which could, in fact, be changed. Change. change the persons, you eventually you'll start to change the relationship. Not, not overnight, but certainly you can make some headway into it. Now, there's a few things to say here as well. Aristotle thinks that bad people can be involved in friendships, but the friendships that they have are not typically long-lasting. Why not? Well, you know, the friendships that would be the longest-lasting friendships in terms of virtue are simply not available for them. Friendships of pleasure and friendships of usefulness are of shorter duration. They last so long as the parties are getting out of the relationship, what it is that they're looking for. So when people cease having pleasure in each other's company or cease getting pleasure from each other, then that friendship is going to break up. When friends are no longer useful to each other, but perhaps even the opposite become harmful to each other, then the friendship will break up, the relationship will break up. Unless, of course, it becomes dysfunctional relationship, in which case it may continue, and it's probably gonna make people worse, right? So, bad people don't make good friends for very long because in friendships of pleasure, they're typically thinking about what can I get out of this, and they're less interested in whether they're actually giving pleasure to the other person. The proverbial selfish lover in terms of erotics would be a great example of this. Make sure that that you get what you want out of it, but the other person, ah, they can figure it out for themselves. You're not going to stay in a relationship very long with anybody who you know, has something on the ball if that's what's going on. Same thing we could say with, with other matters as well. And when it comes to friendships of usefulness, if you actually start to become you know, harmful or we sometimes say toxic right, to your friends, your friends, the ones who have some good sense, they're going to cut you loose. And when it comes to business relationships, which are what a lot of friendships of usefulness turn out to be, or, you know, other types of relationships would would fit that as well, people will give you the cold shoulder. They will cut you off if you display some some sort of moral badness, particularly if it's moral badness that affects them, (laughs) so much other people. Now, another thing that he says is that bad people can actually take pleasure in each other's badness, and the term that he uses there again is moktheria. It could be understood again as weakness or as viciousness. Uh, Let's just keep the category of general badness. Bad people might actually be in a friendship of pleasure because they both love pulling the wings off of flies, right? Or they both enjoy bullying other people. Now, how stable is that going to be it really depends. You know, with bullying, bullies turn on each other. When they're no longer allowed to bully, then perhaps they, they split up. Think about, you know, trollers and, and their communities is an example of that. They take pleasure in each other's badness. They don't take pleasure in each other's goodness or in the, the sorts of things that other people usually take pleasure in. And this is also going to be somewhat short lived as well. There's some inherent problems with it. Uh, but it is, you know, something that we can also say about the vicious person in relation to him or herself. Part of what makes them vicious is taking pleasure in the wrong sorts of things. So when you put vicious people together, they take pleasure together in the wrong sorts of things that other people are looking in from the outside and saying, you guys are messed up. You guys are screw ups. Don't let them near my kids or other people that I, that I care about. So, you know, to answer the question, it is indeed possible for bad people to have friendships, but by virtue of being bad people, they are cut off from, as we go up the scale, from what is actually involved in friendships. They, they can't be friends in terms of who they really are, which is a real deprivation that they may feel, but that could motivate them to quit being bad people eventually. Their friendships aren't as lasting, they're more prone to arguments and disputes, so they don't really enjoy friendship in any full sense, although they enjoy what we might call friendship by analogy. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible.